Oh. No. Yeah. Well, happy day after Thanksgiving, folks. Hey. Happy day after Thanksgiving. I had leftovers already. I ate my leftovers. I ate all of my I've leftovers. A... Oh, well, that congratulations. That is an accomplishment. Yeah, we had pizza. We had Casey's pizza. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> Uh, if you don't live in uh, the Midwest and don't know what a Casey's Pizza is, specifically Iowa, uh, it is a gas station where they sell pizza. You want to know it's really messed up? It's the best pizza in the Midwest. <laughs> <laughs> Not in the Midwest, just in your shitty town. Uh, everywhere I've gone, it's pretty much the best in the Midwest. I just, ah. Uh. Unless you, you're you like a heathen and you enjoy Chicago pizza with your sauce on uh, top and it's fucking... I, I think you mean a person with really good taste buds because Chicago pizza is, as <laughs> everybody knows, the best pizza there is. I, you're a, I haven't been yet. I've had Uno's and I know that's not, you know, authentic, but... No. Yo, Uno. the Uno's in Newport News, and I'm sure the Uno's in most places, is a shit ton of dough and then pizza toppings on top. <laughs> it is disgusting. It's always underbaked. <laughs> Chicago style pizza is all of the toppings, not toppings, but filling. So it's more, it puts the pie in pizza pie. And it's better than any kind of pizza that ever existed. And it's delicious. You, sir, are 0 for fucking 2 today in my book. This. <laughs> bullshit goofy movie thing you've been talking about all goddamn day and <laughs> all i'm saying is that an extremely goofy movie negates the entire plot to a goofy movie as a sequel uh, and you like it for that fact <laughs> no i i like it because it's actually kind of a cute film it it's i like it exactly as much as i like a goofy movie which is enough uh yeah but the thing is as a sequel it undoes all of the character work that the whole first movie uh, did. It, yeah, which makes yeah. it bad. It wipes out all of the father-son dynamic that they built by the end of the movie, where Max is just set back to zero at the, first, at the beginning of the movie. Like, his first lines are, I can't wait to go to college so I can get away from my dad. Like, wait, didn't we just... Yeah. Did we just do a whole movie yeah. about this? Like I said, it's been a while since I've seen that. I need to rewatch it because yeah, it it I, just I forgot some of the finer points. It does not have the love that the first one has. It's just the the purity of that first one. Um, and it's got the X Games because Max is X Gamers now, and it, it's called <laughs> Vertical Integration. The X Games were big <laughs> in the late nineties, so when they started working on that movie, ESPN and Disney are own both by Disney and they're like, Hey, let's include ESPN in this children's movie. Since, you know, Tony Hawk's pro skater. <laughs> exactly. That reason, because <laughs> Tony Hawk pro skater. <laughs> and again, there are worse. Yeah, reasons. And again, it's fine. It's, it's probably one of the better straight to video Disney sequels. Yeah. But I mean, I could probably count on one hand, the straight to video Disney sequels that don't have the words Lilo and or stitch in the title that I like uh, Aladdin and there. the 40 thieves. That's a good one. Uh, Aladdin and the King of thieves, King of thieves. That's it. That's it. Yeah. yeah. That was a good one. I was actually uh, watched Aladdin yesterday with uh, Jaylee and she didn't even know that they had sequels and she didn't even know about the show. Wow. And she, she was like, cause uh, I guess before Aladdin, Disney Plus put that uh, kind of disclaimer ahead of it that this is kind of like there's some mocking of types of people in this and just be aware that this was a sign of the times. And I'm like, I think that might have to do with the Robin uh, Williams shenanigans that kind of went on. And because mm -hmm. it really wasn't like an offensive movie by any stretch, I right. don't think. But but you got to cover your bases. <sighs> yeah. 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 No, yeah. I like that one. I like Lion King one and a half. Yeah, Lion King one and a half is good. It's like, why is it the third movie that's like if they get a third sequel out of it, it's decent. I can't speak to the Little Mermaid. Well, yeah, I think that's. Got I, a I, I didn't like the second Little Mermaid. Uh, Return of Jafar is my least favorite one. That it's one's awful. terrible. Uh, and, mm. and and you know what? I guess the two Lilo and Stitch, three Lilo and Stitch movies are the only other ones I really like. So and so yeah. extremely yeah. goofy movie is fine. It. Honestly, it doesn't suck, and it's just a rehash of the first movie, but with 
Goofy having a love interest instead of Max and no power line. So that's a that's a net positive. No, it's a it makes it worse because Powerline <laughs> is awesome. And it's just what is it nowadays? Like Powerline's coming back pretty freaking hard and everyone's loving the Goofy movie all of a sudden. Well, it's all because you guys talked about it on Drinking yeah. Age Movies. That's I honestly feel like I it. never yeah, heard obviously. anybody talk about a Goofy movie until we started talking about it on this show. <laughs> and, and not to say that, you know, we actually had anything to do with it. It's maybe just one of those things where yeah. people have been talking about it all along. And then suddenly, like me and Jonathan talk about it and I'm just recognizing it now. But it, it's fish sticks all over yeah. again, dude. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's talk about a movie. Yeah, let's talk about it. All right. All you beautiful people out there in podcast land, my name is Paul Workman. And I'm Zach McCoy. And I'm Jonathan Pierce. And we are your Oscar Grouches. Welcome back to the Oscar Worsty Podcast, a show where we discuss Oscar winners throughout history and try to determine where the Academy went wrong, if they went wrong, and what film are we watching this week? This week, we are watching You Can't Take It With You from 1938. It's a classic tale of humanity versus greed, fighting for the ones you love, and the usefulness of cats and ravens as members of the household, uh, the household workforce. Uh, was was this everybody's first yeah. time seeing this movie? Yes, sir. No, this is actually my second time. I'd kind of forgotten that I'd seen it until I started watching it. I was like, oh, yeah, that's what this movie is. Yeah. Uh, if you didn't catch how much I love Frank Capra through the last few weeks after, especially after uh, it happened one night, I love Frank Capra and I try to watch all of his movies and he was like the Turner Classic Movie Director of the Month or something like that one month. And so I ended up catching a lot of his movies that oh, way. Yeah. This is one of them. Fair enough. And this is a good movie. <laughs> it is. <laughs> this is such a good movie. <laughs> so I had to message Paul. I watched this movie yesterday. And the first thing I said on this, like, Paul, I'm 15, into the, 15 minutes into what can only be described as the most wholesome movie ever. And if you even attempt to ruin this movie with some Nazi bullshit, <laughs> we're going to have a fucking problem because there was a kitten oh, yeah. as a paperweight. <laughs> like, this movie so, is beautiful. It, it fills the heart with so, joy and love. spoiler warning. There's no Nazi stuff. Awesome. I, I've had Jonathan <sighs> on pins and needles for like the last two days over this. <laughs> I looked a little bit beforehand I'm, after I finished the movie. I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to preemptively look a little bit so I could be prepared. And I couldn't find anything uh, specifically. Um, that was too worrisome. There, there's I, a couple I things that I'm sure it. we'll talk about, but nothing like, I mean, it, it honestly doesn't surprise me. There's no Nazi stuff because Frank Capora was very, very left leaning. He was very, very, uh, into making anti-Nazi propaganda films yeah. in the war. I mean, I, I realize that's all after nice. this and whatnot, yeah. but uh, uh, he was really big into the Why We Fight series, which is in the um the National Film Registry, and uh, he would get trumped up on some uh real bullshit. Uh, communist charges later on during the Red Scare, which uh, mm-hmm. took a lot of the wind under from under his wings because he was very upset that he was so anti-fascist uh, that anybody would ever believe that he would just fall in to that kind of mindset. Yeah, and that they that they didn't give him the sure. benefit of the doubt for all he did during World War II. Right. Yeah. That's. Frank Capra is actually a really great human being, and I love him. Uh, I I would love to know his grandson, Frank Capra the Third, who is also a producer. Awesome. Uh, but okay. yeah, Frank Capra rules, and this movie rules. It does. I agree. Indeed. Um, you know, I, you talk about the the Red Scare and everything. I, 
I was going to say, uh, I'm a bit, big advocate for a lot of the themes of this movie. You know, it's charming and timeless. It promotes human happiness. And there are some uh, talks of red communist revolutions and stuff. So I I don't know if you know more about, like, if that was a specific nod to anything that was going on in his life. Or if that was in the play. I, I haven't seen the play, so I'm assuming it probably um, is. I, I believe it's mostly in the play. But as I said, he is he is pretty liberal. Um and a lot of it is just honestly him appeasing the populist audience who is going through a real fucking hard time with the depression. Uh, yeah. Like yeah. He, you get, yeah. you get to watch a lot of his films around this time. And that's what a lot of them are about is just, oh, yeah. it's just the, the little guy taking on the big guy and trying to come out on top. And mostly because they had just, had the rug pulled out from under them in the last decade. And, and it was a hard time for everyone. Yeah. If they, yeah. if they weren't super rich. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's true. I'm thinking about, you know, it goes back through, uh, um, well, uh, Mr. Deeds and Mr. Smith goes to Washington and, um, you know, happened one night and all the way up to it's a wonderful life. Obviously that is a common theme. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, before we get too deep into this movie, uh, Oscar breakdown, Break it down. You Can't Take It With You is nominated for seven awards, and it is the most nominated film of the night. And it walks away with only two of those awards somehow. Well, not somehow. I know exactly how. And uh, I'm not mad about a lot of the losses of this film. All right. So, okay. of course, uh, it, the two awards it walks away with are Outstanding Picture and Best Director for Frank Capra. Is Frank Capra's third award after uh, it happened one night and Mr. Deeds goes to town. Uh, And Jonathan, to give you a note that you had asked me to start adding last week, Frank Capra was also kind of the host of this ceremony. They didn't officially have a host, so Frank Capra just kind of was there. (laughs) I'm here. Why not? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And... Frank Capra had also just kept the unions from completely leaving the the, the academy altogether. Now, wasn't that an issue last year as well? Uh, it, or no, last year was a flood, wasn't it? Yeah, last year was or the flood. It was the like year that? before. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Or the year before that. What a guy. What a guy. He he essentially got the studio heads and the unions to to finally just shut the hell up and chill out <laughs> and, and brought them together. It was like, Hey, let's, let's just do these awards. Let's have a fun time. I mean, it's, it's pretty much been a boiling pot since the Academy's the Academy Awards started. So it's amazing that it really took this long to boil to the point that it boiled to. Yeah. And uh, so a couple of notes before I continue on uh, original score uh, the, the original music adds a third category, which is original song score and or adaptation. So now you have original scoring, original music, scoring, original song score and and or adaptation and best song. Uh, OK. And the short subject color, dance direction and assistant director have all been taken out. So three three categories gone, one added. As I said, you can't take it with you. Wins best picture. It wins best picture over La Grande Illusion, which is a note I had from last week. It was released in France in 1937, but in the states in 1938, and gets a best picture nomination in 1938, for which it is the first foreign film ever nominated for best picture. Wow! Yep. Uh, or for uh, the foreign language picture, I should say. Okay, it was really funny. I was actually. Uh watching a video for a class and they uh <laughs> it was like about depression or something like that it's like they interviewed these like mm-hmm. six students but like three of the students had a poster of Lagrande Lucha in the background and they just kept <laughs> moving it in the room nice and i almost wanted to put that in my report like you know why are these kids depressed uh, they're all watching the same fucking movie i don't uh, know it's a good movie sure Good enough to be spine number one in the Criterion Collection. There it is. Uh, there it is. Get it in early. 
sip sip yeah. sip get it in early um okay uh, other films that you can't take it with you beats for best picture include The Adventures of Robin Hood, starring Errol Flynn. Okay. Uh, Boys Town, and the film that would go on to inspire My Fair Lady, Pygmalion, based off the great George Bernard Shaw play that I'm a big fan of. So, so less, uh, was it back to only uh, five? Uh, no, we're now? still up at 10. Uh, the rest of them are Alexander's Ragtime Band, The Citadel, Four Daughters, Jezebel, and Test Pilot. I, okay. I was just Thank kind you. of giving highlights, but hey, there you go. Uh, the best director category is only five, uh, and Frank Capra wins that, beating out uh, King Veter for The Citadel, Norman Turog for Boys Town, and Michael Curtis gets two nominations, one for Four Daughters, and one for Angels with Dirty Faces, which... Uh, okay. Which, of course, would go on to inspire the film in Home Alone, <laughs> Angels with, oh, God, what is it, Dirty Souls or something like that? Yeah. Filthy Souls or mm. some some ridiculous horseshit. <laughs> Which, for anybody listening that doesn't know, that's not a real movie from Home Alone. It's a fake movie. Yeah. All right. Uh, Spencer Tracy wins Best Actor for Boys Town, uh, beating out Leslie Howard for Pygmalion. So, was Lionel Barrymore not even nominated no, Lionel Barrymore was not nominated. What a goddamn shame. It is. That's a real shame. Yeah. I th- think this only walks away with one support, uh, with the supporting actress, not mm. as far as acting goes. It's not even who I would have nominated. Uh, so Spencer Tracy wins Best Actor, and he has now won back-to-back acting awards. He is the first and only one of two actors to ever win Best Actor back-to-back. Now, he's not the only person with two Best Actor not, uh, awards, but he is the first one to do it back-to-back, and there will only be one other one, and we will get to that in about <laughs> Wait, 60 on. years. Oh, is it actor-specific or... Actor-specific, not okay. not supporting actor, this category. I know who it is, but we should keep it a secret, right? No. I, we can or we can I don't care. Uh, if Jonathan <laughs> wants to, to take a stab in the dark, if he's wrong, I'll, I'll let him know after the podcast. I mean, 60 years puts us in the 99 area. It's not exactly 60 years. It's roughly 60 years. Is it Tom Hanks? Yeah, Tom (laughs) Hanks. uh, Philadelphia. Okay. Okay. So, Castaway and... Nope. Philadelphia. Or no, no. Philadelphia. 1993 and Forrest Gump, 1994. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Nice. Uh, Betty Davis wins her second Academy Award in three years for Jezebel, beating out Wendy Hiller for Pygmalion. Uh... I just want to keep hey, pointing out hey, that I really like Pygmalion. Pygmalion gave us She's All That. That's correct. <laughs> uh, Walter Brennan wins Best Supporting Actor, winning his second uh, Academy Award in three years. And now being uh, 66% of the people who have won that award. Nice. <laughs> I just like dumb notes like that. Okay. Um, nice. Faye Bainter wins Best Supporting Actress for Jezebel beating out Spring Byington for You Can't Take It With You, yeah. who was Penny, the yeah. writer. Yeah, the mom. And she was she was good, but like you said, it's kind of an odd yeah. pick for the nomination. Yeah, I I would have given it to the daughter. The dancing the, one? The dancing one. She was, for Supporting Actress, yeah. she was incredible. Because because if I was doing, if I was writing this out as a, as categories, I definitely think Jean Arthur is yeah. lead actress in this. So is that Essie? Essie, yeah. Was that her name? So Anne yeah. Miller, who played her? So Fair. she would have gotten my pick. Uh, One of the notes, you probably saw it too, was that she was actually only 15 when the movie was made. Which, uh, yeah. Which is yeah a little surprising. She doesn't look 15. I guess you know, she wasn't necessarily put in any problematic <laughs> situations other than being married. But uh, yeah. Oh, well, that's really funny. Her last movie, it was in 2001. Mulholland Drive. Oh, yeah. Oh, Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. She's the she's the old woman that like lives downstairs from them. God, that's such a good movie. Coco. That's that's probably top three Lynch for me. Crazy good. Boys Town gets uh, the best original story. Fair enough. And Pygmalion wins best screenplay. Beating out. You can't take it with you. Uh, Nice. And. I'm okay with that. I really like Pygmalion. I don't know yeah. if I said that yet. Yeah. Indeed, it did. I mean, it gave us My Fair Lady. Oh, God. And if you've never actually seen Pygmalion or read Pygmalion, <laughs> My Fair Lady is literally just Pygmalion, but they added songs to it. It's not like, 
you know, oh, it's sort of like yeah. Pygmalion or has the same characters from Pygmalion. No, it's the exact same dialogue, but they put songs in it. Nice. Like, <laughs> almost every scene is word for word Pygmalion to My Fair Lady. It's wonderful. Uh, the Thanks. Mother's Might Live wins best live action short subject one reel. Yeah. Next is best live action short subject two reel. Wow. And the Declaration of Independence won that. A stretch for a category, but okay. Well, you know, I guess at that time, like, if something runs like 12 minutes, it's going to be a little more condensed and a little bit different than something that's going to run 24. Yeah. So, kind of how it works. Well, that's fair. Okay. Um, yeah. Podcast within a podcast time. Walt Disney Oscar watch. Are you, are, are you ready for this one? <laughs> Yeah, buddy. short subject Woo-hoo. cartoon walt disney wins for ferdinand uh, the bull ready. if you're keeping track at home that means walt disney has never lost this category are you ready to hear who walt disney beat for this does a film called hunky and spunky great right okay the first the next person that walt disney beats out is walt disney for brave little taylor the third film that walt disney beats out is walt disney for the good scouts and the final film in the category five films that Walt Disney beats out is Walt Disney for Mother Goose Goes to Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> Were there no other animators at the time? You like, have to assume that there isn't. Paramount right? gave it a shot. Four nominations in five of the nominated films. Insane. Just ridiculous. Okay, and I guess since I'm yeah. on Walt Disney Oscar Watch, I should continue Walt Disney yes. Oscar Watch because Walt Disney picks up two Academy Awards this night. His second one is for Snow White and the Seven Doors recognizes significant screen innovation, which has charmed millions and pioneered a great new entertainment field for the motion picture cartoon. When they presented this, when they presented this Academy Award, this uh, honor special award to Walt Disney, they presented him an award. With seven tiny awards to go with it. Pictures exist. Look them up. Oh, that's adorable. <laughs> so, so sweet. Yeah. Indeed. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm not an expert on the film, but I've I've seen enough like painting the overlaid glass and stuff, yeah, like uh, how you make it in depth I, and everything. It, it was the fact that it wasn't for well best deserved. Picture is yeah. Uh, Paul's getting all the clamped right now. Uh, waiting for a topic. I don't know. My go-to so, is always Ray Fines is neither Ray nor is neither a P nor a nut. Uh, all right. So Walt Disney has <laughs> nine Academy Awards in seven years. Nice. At this point, uh, okay. I believe of yeah. all time. I'm assuming yes. he's the most winningest. That's that's why I wanted all. to start Walt right. Disney Oscar Watch so people could follow along exactly how how okay. ridiculous Walt Disney's run was. And this is why the Disney company right. is the devil. All right. Because somebody gave Disney on. Uh, Best original score goes to The Adventures of Robin Hood for Eric Wolfgang Kornel. Great score. Great film. My review for uh, The Adventures of Robin Hood on uh, Letterboxd is just, is it hack to say that this is still the best Robin Hood film? It is on the HBO. <laughs> and I need to see that one. Yes, I've it is. Two for and years. in fact, I, uh, that's where I watched it this week. Okay. Is it? Okay. Oh, then I'm you're going to hate this because it's just really fucking good. Robin Hood movies. I don't know why. <laughs> just feel like it's, I don't know. Robin Hood being just the quintessential chaotic good character. I, I, I enjoy those movies being bad. There's nothing <laughs> not in the story of Robin Hood and everybody just still finds a way to just fuck it up in every possible way. <laughs> uh, Alexander's Ragtime Band gets best score for Alfred Newman. Best song goes to Thanks for the Memory from the big broadcast of 1938, which is uh, music by Ralph Ranger and lyrics by Leo Robin, beating out the song Jeepers Creepers, which is in the film okay. Going Places. Oh, where are you uh, those Jeepers? I'm just upset that Jeepers Creepers didn't win because that's a great song. Uh, best sound recording goes to The Cowboy where? and the Lady. Best art direction goes to The Adventures of Robin Hood. Again, a beautiful film. Oh, a sound recording. You can't take it with you. Lost. As did. I feel like I skipped it over in another category and now I don't see it. So moving on. Uh, Great job there, Hamsar. 
hang my head in shame. Uh, the Great <laughs> Waltz gets cinematography. Again, you can't take it with you. Loses. And The Adventures of Robin Hood goes gets best film editing. Uh, you can't take it with you. Loses that one. And that makes The Adventures of Robin Hood the winningest film of the night with three awards. Uh, <clears throat> four more okay. nice. special awards are given out on the night. J. Arthur Ball for his outstanding contributions to the advancement of color in motion picture photography. Jeez, I did not bother to read this through very well. All these people get, I'm going to list them here in a second, but I'm going to say what they got it for first. Outstanding achievement in creating special photographic and sound effects in the Paramount production Spawn of the North. A special award was given to Gordon Jennings, Jan Domala, Dev Jennings, Ermin Roberts, Art Smith, I'm going to say this guy's name wrong. Farcio Eduar, Loyal Griggs, Lauren L. Ryder, Harry D. Mills, Louis H. Messenkop, and Walter Oberst. Oliver Marsh and Alan Davey got uh, an Academy Award for the color cinematography of the MGM production Sweethearts. Harry M. Warner got in recognition of patriotic service in the production of historical short subjects presenting significant episodes in the early struggle of the American people for liberty. Uh, Halby Wallace receives the Irving G. Thalberg Memorial Award. In 1938, he produced uh, The Invisible Menace, The Adventures of Robin Hood, Comet Over Broadway. So not near as many as the... Winner of yeah, the first namesake award. of the award as what oh, I was going to say, not as many as the uh, the namesake of the award. No, definitely not that, but definitely not as much as Daryl F. Zanuck <laughs> yeah. had in 1937. Uh, and finally, Dina Durbin and Mickey Rooney got special Academy Juvenile Awards again, a, an award I wish was still given out today for their significant contribution in bringing to the screen the spirit and personification of youth and his juvenile players setting a high standard of ability yeah. and achievement. Looking yeah, at I pictures right now of the, uh, the 39 awards. And first thing I saw was uh, Shirley Temple and Walt Disney looking at the, uh, the Oscar and the tiny seven little Oscars with it. That's adorable. But then seeing Mickey <laughs> Rooney, just they gave him a tiny little Oscar. It's like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the kind of award they gave to Shirley Temple. So all the juvenile awards yeah. are very small. Very happy to talk about who receives one next year. So stay tuned for that. Well, I have to admit, I am I am behind on my 1938 movies. I I've, I've been uh, happy with myself at how many I've known the last few episodes, but yeah, lacking this year. I was very happy to resolve that. I was very happy because I had immediate access to four of the best picture nominees, and I managed to watch hey, three of them. Which one did you not watch? Awesome. Unfortunately, the Grand Illusion. Uh, but you've seen it. I've seen it, and sure. I love it. And so. I'm going to rewatch it at some point. I just couldn't get to it this week. I, I kept trying to make time for it, but a lot of times when I get to watch adult movies, I watch them with my wife, and <laughs> uh, she does. She watches them while... Very nice, <laughs> thank you. Um, she watches them while editing photos because she's self-employed photographer, and... She yep. prefers to be able to actually hear what's going on on the screen instead of, you know, having to look up every second yeah. to read it. Yeah. So right. we did end up watching. Very, very we did fair. end up watching Pygmalion on Criterion. It's by number 85 nice. there for you. So I got two of the 10 nominees in Criterion. One was on HBO Max and one, of course, was You Can't Take It With You, which we watched. Indeed. All right. So now I'm pretty yeah. sure I know the answer to this one, uh, but I would like to be pleasantly surprised. Um, is this one in the uh, Library of Congress? It is not. I didn't think it would be. It is not. Uh, I actually kept mm. it up, though, in case you were wondering what from 1938 did make it in. Uh, Pygmalion? Also not. Really? Yeah. I'm also very shocked. Well, I... No white. Well, that was thirty-seven. Well, it's thirty-seven. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, I'm going to say that one, two, three, four, four of the nine films and or short films and what else not uh, that made it in are not full-length narrative features. So a bunch of oh. Disney stuff. 
No, honestly, n- uh, oh, wow. one, one, one Disney, and that was Porky in Wacky Land. That's not even Disney. That's <laughs> that's Merry Melodies. That's a uh, yeah, Looney Tunes. Yep. So that's Warner Brothers. Uh, I mean, did Robin Hood make it in? Robin Hood is one of them. Made it in in 1995. Okay. Uh, I'm assuming Declaration of Independence made it in. Did not. Really? Oh wow. I will also uh, I will also say okay. that only two of the films that got nominated for Best Picture made it into the and you might be shocked at what the second one is. Thanks, clickbaity McClickbait. And... <laughs> I I just like I I like having more of a uh interactive element to some of my sure. some of my trivia because I feel like I just prattle off a whole bunch of shit at you through most of this. Which you do, which is it's something that I appreciate. <laughs> um, so I'm assuming because Grand Illusion's a foreign film, that's not one of them. Correct. So Boys Town? No. Hmm. Let's save some time. It's Jezebel. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was my next guess, but okay. Oh, I okay. Um, prove that. So you have no way of saying I'm wrong. Uh, bringing <laughs> up Baby, which is a film I love. It's, I feel like I know that. I hmm. think it's one of the few films you watched with me when we were doing the the AFI film. It was the one with, um, Carrie Grant and, uh, uh, Catherine Hepburn. And she's got the tiger. Oh yeah. I think I spent the entire time watching that going baby. Probably. Uh, love finds Andy <laughs> Hardy. Okay. Uh, the mark, the March of time Randy. inside Nazi Germany newsreel. Oh, I was going to guess. Yeah. Sure. There's a lot in, yeah, the historical yeah. relevant stuff. Um, Our Day, which is a documentary short subject. Porky and Wacky Land. The River, which was another documentary short subject. Uh, Under Western Stars. The City, which was... Oh, oh, I'm in 1939 now. So I think I've given you everything. So, okay, well, I at least know one that's going to be next week. Yep. I already forgot it. <laughs> uh. Well, 1939 has, looks like at least twice as many, and 1939 is considered one of the greatest years in yeah. film. We still got to watch one of the mm-hmm. worst ever. I have immediate access to at least three of these films, so I'm probably going to watch those. Four, nice. four of these films. Cool. Sure. Which that I know are nominated for Best Picture without, without even looking at it. Unfortunately, only one of them is on Criterion. Well... Let's start talking about this just wholesome as hell movie. Yeah. I loved this movie. I, I, there, like, there was not a message in this movie that could not be reset today. Right. I mean, it, it was very, yeah. It, I thought it was really funny when the, uh, Mr. Poppin character came along. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, this kind of has like a, Bankers are bad Mary Poppins feel to it as well. <laughs> so I found that that, that was uh, pretty fun. Um, man, I just, I loved every character in this movie, except for, uh, and, and this was not at the fault of the actress, not in the fault of writing, the character herself, just like, I don't know, I feel like cinema's first Karen, uh, the uh, mom. Okay. Uh, James James Stewart's mom uh, Kirby Kirby yeah, Kirby yeah yeah she she was just I I hate the I hate that character that's always like hey the dad gets the redemption but the mom's still a just a know, real fuddy duddy kind of a bitch yeah yeah just it, it it just always bugs me like why can't they both see the light but no the mom like mm. ends by fainting because Jimmy Stewart's got the girl and that's not the girl she's supposed to have and oh no but dad's sitting there playing the harmonica singing Polly Wally Doodle. <laughs> too much for her and she faints and what well she gets brought around by the by the russian there a little bit at the end at least you know cracks through the light yeah. right I, but still I, I get what you're saying yeah i i, I just uh man i loved this movie and i spent what was it like the day after we recorded last week episode hearing paul say man jimmy stewart is just a that man is man. too handsome <laughs> it makes me angry I, I can't hear him in my head without not thinking of Dana Carvey's stand-up <laughs> from years ago. Oh, she's flooded. Yeah. <laughs> Do it again, ha. <laughs> I'll strap but, on my awesome no, I, and I, do I, you. Oh. 
I'll stop. Uh, God, no, yeah. that's okay. Let's a national let's... treasure on a on a on so yeah. many levels. Indeed, oh. Leanne just got home, so the dogs hey, are going puppers. crazy now. Um, but yeah, no, like everybody in this movie was amazing. The 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 writing of it, and I I, I you know it definitely had that like this was definitely on stage first kind yeah. of feel to it. That's for sure. Um, but and usually I kind of. That pulls me out quite a bit sometimes, but this time I just oh, loved every second of this movie and was just spent just on nails all day today going, is Paul going to ruin this? Is I, Paul going to ruin this? Please I promise this I am part. not going to ruin this. I, I have a small note, but <laughs> yeah, it's the smallest of notes. It's the smallest of notes. Yeah. And I mean, like that, that tiny little bit of like, oh God, the, the son-in-law or whatever, or whoever he is printing the the communist uh, propaganda just because the dude does just like to print like stuff. stuff. What, what you gonna do? I just, I want to live with these people and just, the Russian was great. Like, he, he, and, and, and then Lionel, Lionel Barrymore, Barrymore is incredible in this film. I cannot believe how much I have rediscovered Lionel Barrymore doing this podcast right now because he yeah <laughs> yeah between yeah. this and what the Grand Hotel and I, I God man I just his character Grandpa I I just really wish was my grandpa and I love my grandparents <laughs> and I, and I need them just in case like, they hear this to to hear that but I just this guy I I want to live with them and just listen to him go not yeah fuck it. I mean. <laughs> that's it like i mean right, and famous right. famously i don't have grandparents anymore so he can be my grandparent so i'm he can yeah although i feel like you've already tried to adopt a few uh, people as your grandparents they can negotiate I'm, i mean i don't think there's a law against how many uh honorary grandparents you can have so right let's just let's rack them up you know? that's fair that's fair but yeah lionel barrymore he the it's a tale as old as time really you know the struggle of either class over conscience and but it's just nice uh the movie did a really good job at, at letting all these people breathe and you know it's quirky and eccentric or whatever but it's not like overly obnoxious everybody's very natural and just enjoying themselves see that's the thing everybody every one of these characters felt like this could be a real person put them in one house and it probably right. would not work out but each one of these people absolutely could be a person i would believe exist and and the martin vanderhoff character just god that uh that that tax back and forth was so amazing the whole uh, i don't believe in it uh, what nah not my money yeah. but Fuck don't you, you want to don't you want to pay <laughs> for the army and the government no not really no that no, sounds terrible no i don't think i would <laughs> Where's my where's my receipt? Oh god, it's it's so good. So one thing I didn't um I wasn't sure about is if uh the comment he makes right afterwards where he's like where he's like don't worry I don't owe the government anything is it, was that all orchestrated by the Kirby's even the IRS person or I wonder if that was legitimate I don't know I I really just think the dude's like no I don't owe because yeah. I'm not gonna pay him like I really think it was that I just think. <laughs> The dude has the most fuck it attitude I've ever seen. And it was just amazing how he did it. He's like, I do yeah, what I want. Yeah. And that's it's pretty it. much if, you, if you're not you having do what fun, you want what's too. the point of doing it? And I, I like that they give this idea that right. they just kind of collect people along the way when Poppins comes and he's yes. like, oh, I'm, I'm just here for a little bit. And the one guy's like, yeah, I was the mailman like 12 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I liked the way they, they introduced the character because I didn't, you know, not know, not seeing this movie, not reading up anything about it. I didn't know, you know, Jimmy Stewart's going to be in it. So we're going to be following him for a bit. But the way it was just like they brought him in as like a guy that's just chilling there. He's like, they're trying to buy his house or they're, they're upping it up a little bit. And then uh, we follow him and I'm like, oh, we're going with that guy. I love that guy. Thank you. <laughs> <sighs> Yeah, and oh, I love Jean Arthur in this film. Uh, this is one of my favorite performances of hers, Alice. She's got yeah one of those voices right that was so soft spoken, 
And it was just and her, adorable and her and, the entire her and Stuart time. have such good chemistry in this film. Yeah. 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 This is like this is like her uh, third movie with Frank Capra or something. I think this is I think this is her first. She was but in, they do do other films together. Well, and they didn't overdo it on the two of them as well. Like we got a couple of scenes with them together and like that date night with the kids in the park was great, especially that little <laughs> back and forth. Well, that's illegal. So's necking. It's like, really right. funny that they said necking because <laughs> I had said necking when they like sat down, I looked over Lee and I was like, oh, looks like they're going to start necking. <laughs> and then the kid's like, necking's illegal. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no, I, I, I'm really happy because, I mean, this is a comedy. I mean, this, this 100% is a comedy. And I'm happy that the Academy is like, hey, look, well, we do like comedy, too. Not anymore, because these are apparently the same old people right. that, you know. But I, it, it's just nice to see comedy get that kind of recognition. And because the movie has more more than just that, though, like, I mean, it, it, which is tough in a comedy. Right. And I mean, that's that's Frank Capra has three directing awards and they're all for more socially conscious comedies. Yeah, because. Yeah, as serious as like the third act of Mr. Deeds does get, it's still a really funny film. Sure. Yeah, I don't think there's any been anybody uh, uh, hard to pick somebody who's as good at it as he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, just he just had a knack for it, and he's all these films. He he deserved every award that was dropped in his lap. Like these are all just incredible yeah. films. All right. So, so, what notes do you got for us, Paul? Uh. I was, Especially that one tiny little note you say you have that I'm worried oh, okay. about a little bit. Um, I, I was trying to find the note that I read where Gene Arthur was almost not in this movie. And I can't find it now because whoever whoever had her contract at the time w- almost didn't let her be in the movie because they were mad at Frank Capra for giving Daryl Zanuck the, uh, the first Irving G. Thalborg award. I like to say it was Jack Warner, but... Okay, I see. Because Gene Arthur was on suspension, Frank Capra saw Olivia de Havilland. Olivia de Havilland, who would go on to play Lady Marion in The Adventures of Robin Hood, and who we will see next week. So it was Olivia de Havilland. All right, so I I confused that note. Olivia de Havilland wasn't loaned out by Jack Warner, because Jack Warner was upset about Daryl Zanuck winning the Irving G. Thalberg Award, but uh, Harry Cohn, who was the... Uh, head of Columbia, I guess, had to bring Gene Arthur off of suspension. So I don't know why Gene Arthur was on suspension. I was about to say, what does it mean on suspension? What did she, what did she? Yeah, I guess. Um, okay, so I'm going to, I'm just going to read this note verbatim because I don't know how I'm going to, how I'm going to truncate it. So Frank Capra first became aware of the play when he caught a performance of it when he was in New York in 1937 for the premiere of Lost Horizon, which got nominated for Best Picture, of course. Sorry, there's dog drama, apparently. Dog. Um, <laughs> he tried to persuade Columbia boss Harry Cohn to buy the rights, but Cohn refused. This was partly because he balked at the prospect of shelling out what he considered to be an exorbitant sum of $200,000 for the rights. But mainly... Because he was still smarting from the lost battles he had with Capra over the final edit of Lost Horizon. Capra, too, was out of sorts with Cone as he objected strongly to the Columbia boss trying to market the Gene Arthur film If You Could Only Cook in 1935 in Britain as one of his own. A court case ensued only being resolved in November 1937 with the proviso that Columbia buy the rights to the play and assign the project to Capra. (laughs) (laughs) nice Uh, that's good stuff um okay so anyway my one note was i i fear the servants in this film veer a little too much into stereotype man was i worried the second i saw him (laughs) i was like "Mm, where are we Uh, going with this guys I, i guess it's one of those low bar things where they just kind of clear the bar they're not good representations especially because at no point yeah do they get a storyline or stand out in any way, except for the fact that you have two black actors in this film? So there's a line that's yeah. almost passed by by me. And then I was like, wait, OK, so I believe it was uh, when 
Alice was kind of getting things in order, trying to like, you know, get that dinner date with the family in. And they were like, do you think it's going to be okay for Donald, for them to think that Donald made the dinner? And I was like, hmm. They, they were accepted in the family. It was very much a house, but they were obviously servants in that house. And then to kind of call out, all right, well, these super rich white people think it's not cool for the black guy to make yeah. their dinner. It's very just kind of passed over very quick, but right. it was definitely said. And and um, the Donald did like he makes the comment. He's like, I got to do your work just because we're engaged to, to Reba. Does he even work there? Or are they just like asking him to right. do things like that was the one thing like. If he's just like there hanging out and they're like, oh, go get our dinner, that eh, it's yeah. hard. But, you know, they were at least, like you said, it's a super low bar, but they were shown as being cared for and loved for it. And they yeah. have, they're not just like in the background, but still, you know, we're, it's for the time it is, it is not as bad as it could be. I don't think they're shown in any negative light, but they're not given any agency. Right. And they're not given uh, a storyline, either of them, really. Uh, you understand them as characters, yeah. but they're not full, fully fleshed out characters right. like almost everybody else in this film. Uh, and yeah, and I thought they could have been played a little a little less on the stereotyping side. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I don't know. I, I just feel I got to call it out right. when it's there and it. It's one of those it's one no, of those things no, where absolutely, it absolutely it, it bothers me, but this one bothered me a, a lot less than normal. And if someone were to watch this film and be like, I can't watch that film because of those two characters, I'd be like, Yeah, I understand. Yeah. Please don't. Uh yeah, no, yeah. But other than that, absolutely. uh I don't I don't think they're the worst representation, especially for this time. And, yeah, uh, sure. and I think sure. uh I think great Ziegfeld had one character that was way worse than this. And she had way less lines. Yeah. And I'm not familiar with um, the actor that played Donald, but I know he was um, kind of big into comedy and had a recurring role on something that started the year before. So I don't know if maybe he was playing off of the character he did on that show because audiences would know him. So yeah, there's a lot that goes into it, but like, yeah, no, no, we won't see see him him again again next week. week. We will see the, the actor who originally portrayed him is that character on stage. Yeah. I believe is how that note okay. went. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. All right. So I think it's time we start asking those important questions. guys. Uh, this is, I think a tough one. So Paul, we'll start with you. Uh, was this, did this movie deserve oh, best picture? I'm going to say again, I watched three Best Picture nominees this week, and one that I know I didn't watch, but I know I love. Uh, I love La Grande Illusion. And Pig Man is a film that I love to the absolute death. And uh, The Adventures of Robin Hood is so much fun. Uh, guys, get on HBO Max and watch that right now if you can. It is an incredible film. Everybody should watch it. Yeah. Uh, it you'll you'll sure. see everything that every Robin Hood film has tried to do in the last the last uh 80 years and failed to do because this is absolutely just the best version of it all that being said and how much i love those films yes this is our best picture this is such a good film (laughs) (laughs) i i don't even i'm just gonna say real quick uh i don't i don't even know if it's my favorite out of those four it just it's such a good film it's hard to say it didn't deserve it all right zach is this does this movie deserve Best Picture? Uh, like I mentioned earlier, I'm a bit lacking on this year, so I'm going to go back and watch some of the others. Um, but I, I've I love this movie um, before, even though I sadly had to admit I'd forgot what the title was. Like, but as soon as I was watching, it's like, oh yeah, I've seen this movie and I enjoy it. And watching it again, I I just had a dumb smile on my face pretty much the whole time. And um, so I'm going to say yes, it, it deserved Best Picture. Excellent. Um. I'm going to go ahead and agree. I, and that's mainly because I haven't seen any of the other ones. Not even Pygmalion, but I've seen about every other adaptation of uh, Pygmalion known to man. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I, I like you. I had a dumb smile on my face the entire time I watched this movie. I just loved every minute of it. And I was I start every 
every every movie we watch looking at the runtime first and going god does nobody make an hour and a half movie at this time but this one i was like i could have used more but i think it it, it was the exact length it needed to be and i loved every yeah bit. i ended up watching pygmalion before i went to work today because it is exactly 90 minutes <laughs> god damn <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now the important question, is this the worst best picture? I'll start. Absolutely not. This is now my new number one. Ooh. Awesome. Kitten Paperweight beats out Hooray Bubbles. <laughs> <laughs> I think that 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 just right there, the second I saw that, the second, first time I saw her pick it up, and then the kitty went back down and just chilled out right there. I was like, yep, this one's my favorite. I like it. Please don't ruin it, Paul. I'm so I'm so happy that we both have Frank Capra as number one movies right now. There we go. Uh, Zach, is this the worst? No best way. Picture? No way. It's it's my top three for sure right now. I'm gonna have to juggle around depending on the day, but mm-hmm. yeah, no, it it's great. And Paul, I think I think that answers that for me. Wow, even a little back. I was waiting for him to finish. No, absolutely not. This is this is a great film. It's a lot of fun. It's really sweet. Uh, I love it. It's great, and uh, it is my number three right now. They're on my Letterbox account, right under All Quiet on the Western Front at number two, and it happened one mm-hmm. night at number one. Nice. Very nice. All right, guys. Well, I think we're going to call it right there. My name is Jonathan Pierce. You can find me on Twitter at Altorn underscore Occam, and you can find me on Twitch at some point. I don't know when. I still have a very small child who uh, doesn't let me do anything. But I got a new boba, so I might have the baby on the wrap thing, and it's going to be awesome because I can game <laughs> and have baby at the same time, give mama some uh, some time off. Oh, yeah. So catch me there at twitch.tv slash Altorn underscore Occam. Zach, where can we find you, sir? You can find me on Critiker at Zach Masters, spelled X-A-K-K-M-A-S-T-E-R, where I write my short little film reviews. And you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, at Father of the Fear. You can follow me on Letterboxd, that's letterboxd.com slash vaudevillian, or you can just look me up by name. We would like to thank Trav from our sister podcast, Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks, for producing our show. We would like to thank Chad Ramsey for our most excellent theme song. You can follow the show on Twitter at OscarWorstyPod and on Facebook at the Podcast. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a nice review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. Zach, what film are we watching next week? Next week we are watching Q Jonathan's face grimacing. Gone with the Wind, which you can find on the usuals of YouTube, Voodoo, Google Play, iTunes, Amazon Prime, or with your subscription to HBO Max. No! <laughs> so for Jonathan and Zach, I would like for you all to have a damn fine day. <laughs>